meeting again, I want to meet you there. Amen. Amen. I was thinking about your neighbor sitting beside you. I want to say that's what we want to do. I want to meet you there. Amen. God bless you. In a few moments, we're going to have Brother Murphy Wong speak. He accompanied our brother Tim Dodd as well. Brother Murphy went earlier, and he was with Brother David Combo. But I just felt I needed to give a few words of introduction. It was Brother Combo several years ago when he flew his entire family here. He felt he wanted to be ordained to the ministry. And he had been called to look after church, but he wanted to be ordained. And so we prayed with him. And then he spoke to me about the Eastern New England states. He said, you know, Brother Branham spoke a lot about the East, East uh, New England states. And uh, I was trying to think, yes, I know that he's mentioned it. He talks about uh, the Plymouth Rock and the Brethren and uh, that we needed to go back and so on and so forth. But he's the one that sowed the seeds, Brother David Combo. And he had been here with his wife and children when they were small. He had been here and attended the church here for some time, for some years. And uh, it was during one of those services, I put up on the screen some DNA. And uh, just in, in uh, you know, in uh, a format, excuse me. And. Uh, I said, you know, we don't understand ourselves. We don't understand the body. We don't understand our physical being. We don't understand our emotional being. How are we going to understand the soul? And then I put up one of the charts or just a, a, a diagram, really, a diagram of the DNA and the chain. And, and I said, you know, who understands this? And he didn't raise his hand, but after the service, he said, I understand it. <laughs> he actually has taught the DNA. And, uh, you know, God has called amazing people to the message. And I just thought, well, who would suspect that Brother David Combo understands it so well that he has taught it in universities and he's well-educated and I thought, that's just such a humble brother. And yet, uh, when he wanted, then, then he said, you know, Brother Biscoe, brother, brother Branham talked about the New England states. And, and he talked about it in such a way, he said, we have not had meetings up there like the rest of America and Canada has had. And we'd like to have, I, I, and he was so touched with the missions. He wanted to be involved with the missions. And he said, if we could have special meetings in Boston. And so then Brother Tim and myself and my wife, we went to Boston and we had a meeting. And he was so surprised and I was surprised that the people were so responsive. And not just believers, but uh, believers, uh, we had a Baptist church and they just couldn't do enough for us and give us this Baptist church to use, and gave him that in the afternoon or Sunday afternoon or something, and during the week, and 
it, just, it was just amazing, and I was, I was speechless. I was speechless just to find other churches and other denominations so open to just plain receive. And then I began to read this last week about the New England states. Brother Branham referred to the New England states probably around 30 times. And he did say one thing that was really quite outstanding. He said, you are such a wonderful people. I want to come back. He said this was 1957, 58. And I was thinking of that in connection with the meeting in, I went to a Brother Branham's in Tacoma in 1957. He had 10 days, I believe it was there, perhaps a little bit less. But while he was having meetings in the New England states, he said, I want to come back for a month, for the month of May next year. And I don't know if he came back for a month, but he was in those eastern states for a lot of different meetings and uh, how God moved in those meetings. And I thought that was really remarkable. Here is a messenger that's to take the church back to where it began. And there it was in the New England states where the people had come over and the forefathers had landed at Plymouth Rock. And uh, that's how these meetings, you're gonna hear Brother Murphy now tonight because there were meetings, people came from all over the place for the meetings in, uh, in, uh, when we were there. And then uh, this year, Brother Tim has spoke about the meetings they had uh, over, the, over the last weekend. And now Brother Murphy has been up in Connecticut, Rhode Island, where Brother, uh, I believe Brother Ernie Villanueva's uh, yes. forefathers are up in there. Is that right? Yeah. And then uh, in, in Connecticut, Rhode Island, and Maine, and were you in Maine? Since, uh, okay, that was the fourth one. Which was it? It was Boston and Connecticut and Rhode Island that Brother Murphy was at. So I thought, and they don't know, but I received an email from Brother David Combo. And Brother David Combo said, the meetings in the East and the New England area were absolutely marvelous. And it was so much beyond expectation. You know, it's not in large numbers even, and I don't know how many people attended. That's irrelevant. Jesus went, and it was necessary for him to go to Samaria. And he said, and, and Brother Branham refers to it, and he spoke to one woman, and he said, that was the revival. He spoke to her, a seed of God worth 10,000 worlds. And that was more important than all the multitudes that cried out, uh, a week after his royal entry into Jerusalem, they cried out, crucify, crucify him. Same people, many of them perhaps were in the meetings where he had healings and miracles and uh, maybe they ate, ate the miracle bread. I do not know, but where are they? 
I was in India where the, uh, a, a woman was standing in a park area and she heard a message being preached and she went over and gave her life to Christ and her children. Her husband died and she was making uh, japatis and we went there. We went there in a bus. And you know, the meal and the oil never faded away, never went. And she made japatis for hundreds of people. Were you there, Brother Milko? You were there as well. And she made japatis, which are the little round bread loaves, and for all of us, and we ate them, and I thought, isn't this incredible? We're eating, and the people asked me long after, she said, they said, is the meal and the barrel of meal still there? And the oil, is it still? I said, I never heard that it ran out. But her children, and they didn't even understand it. And there always was a meal there. And she fed, that widow fed her family, but she believed the gospel as she heard it. And friends, that's the key. I don't know, it makes no difference to me, but how many of those people that ate the supernatural japatis, how many of them were there in, in meetings and became believers? I don't know. We're not here for the success. We're here to be faithful to the word that we've heard. And so tonight we're going to hear our brother Murphy Wong, and we have confidence, but I, I wanted you to know how these meetings take place. They don't take place on the spur of the moment. Somebody just decides, I'll go. Sometimes it's been years, years in the making, and it has been ever since Brother, uh, Brother David Combo was in, in, inducted into the ministry and anointed. And, and since then, here's this brilliant man. He just, all he lives for is one thing, and he wants to see the missions prosper and continue. And that's wonderful. We say, God bless Brother Combo. Amen. God bless all the people that worship there with him. And God bless the Eastern United States. Amen. Can you say amen? amen. Brother Murphy, God bless you. Thank you, Brother. God bless you. Thank you. Well, nobody can say better than my pastor can say. I think he already gave a thorough report than I can give. I appreciate that so much. Um, um, it's good to have a pastor. Uh, he's always um, follow the leadership of the Lord and um, uh, be careful of the, even the, uh, uh, that we're thinking about the smallest thing. But when a pastor has a vision of that, and it just started from the little small thing, and can come like what we're having today. And I appreciate that so much. And uh, thank you for the musicians. I don't want to keep you too long. Um, so before we go to the Word, and I'll just um, um, maybe just share a little bit um, about uh, uh, the meetings uh, in uh, Boston and in Connecticut and the Rhode Island. As Brother Ed has said, it was a wonderful, wonderful meeting. I would say probably one of the best meetings I ever uh, the tent, uh, to hear the word that Brother Tim was preaching, and I was uh, uh, sharing the word with the people as well. And also, you see the little churches that we go to. I went to uh, Connecticut, there's a small church, uh, they called it uh, Bethany in uh, uh, Connecticut. It's only just about 20, 30 people, 
and about quality, quality people, people who love the word of God and to respond to the word of God. You know, as Brother Evans was saying, it's not to the number that was really counted, but it's the quality of it. I think that's what is the bride. It's the true quality of the character of the bride. They love the word of God. And then um, I went to a very Elijah Gibbs. Uh, Brother Elijah Gibbs was here many years ago, and uh, he, uh, he was ordained here. And uh, so I went there. Uh, uh, they had a little church there, and just a lovely, lovely people and administer the word to the people. You know, I believe we're, uh, we do mission works uh, in overseas. We, uh, we, some people to go to the Uganda, they go to the India, they go to Africa, and some people go to China. Um, but I think there's another part of the mission works is to bring the report back to the people who has been supporting that. That's also is the mission works. And so that's why every time when we come back and we share what's happening in China, and I feel obligated and responsible to also share what God has done in China to those people. You know, for us here, we heard a lot of it. We heard a testimony after testimony. We heard that the Bible was translated, that the Bible was printed. The people there never even heard that. They don't even know anything about it. And while I was sharing that, I started to really appreciate what is the word, uh, what is the Lord has done. You know, because while you're in the midst of it, uh, uh, I always tell the brothers, I said, I'm just a worker. You know, when you're in the midst of that, you work, you work, you never realize how great the work the Lord has been done. And you're just one of the tools that God used to be put into that. But then when you come out of it, when you start sharing it, you start talking to the people. And I start to realize, God, how this work has been done. This is not even the human being can even think of this can be, uh, can be done. But it's the glory. Give it all to the Lord. I'll just, what I was sharing with that, uh, with the, about the Bible to the people, and I want to thank, uh, thank you so much, uh, Sister Esther. And uh, she's, uh, uh, I'll say she's probably the smaller, smallest size of uh, a dynamic you can ever, uh, never get. But um, she's been helping with the work. She, she never say anything to anybody, but she has been done a whole lot of work that in this mission works. She helped with the translation, helped with Cobus uh, uh, to translating the message, uh, put that uh, proofreading the message and uh, upload it on a message hub. And uh, she was uh, also, I asked her, she if she can help to find it out how many uh, changes or how many uh, difference, discrepancies between the Union Bible and uh, uh, the, uh, we translated the King James Bible. You know how many of those uh, different uh, discrepancies we, find, uh, we, that we, did, we made? 11,447. That's in the New Testament alone. And she's uh, working on the Old Testament. She's, uh, she's probably thinking that's just too much. She doesn't know how, how long going to take it. To, she, day and night, she finds out all the difference that it between the Union and the, the King James. 11,447. And there is a 1,006, I think 1,160 some verses are missing. It's not even in the uh, the, the, the Chinese Union Bible. You know, as I said, when we're in that, we didn't really appreciate that. But when you come out of that, one of the third parties start to, that she was doing all of that, I started thinking, Lord, what a mighty God you are. 
It's not because that we're a theologian. It's not because we're some uh, uh, good educated people, but just because we're the bride of Jesus Christ. And just because that we saw the value of the word, we saw the burden of the word. That's uh, when I was in, in those places, I was sharing with the people and in Brother Elijah's church. I was speaking about the burden of the word. I, was, I, I, I know that I preached it over here. But when I was started speaking about that, I really feel that anointing of the Lord. It is the burden of the word to make the bride become a different material. And they're absolutely being consumed by the word. And it, because it's, that's the word that that's really changed us. It's not the word that really transformed us. It's not the word that really delivered us. It's not the word that had really put the family together. It's not the word that made the congregation like this become a full support behind it, every move that God had moved. And they have the discernment of it, to know what is the God doing, to know what is the God is wanting. And I was so thankful the Lord put me into the body, the member of the body in this little church over here. And, um, you know, everywhere we go, people said, you know, we stream the service. Some people said we archive the service. We know certain people sitting in a certain place. And uh, one person that come to me said, Brother Murphy, I know you for years. I thought, hey, oh, I, I feel so embarrassed because I, I don't even know the brother. He said, I know you for years on the, on the monitor because we've been streaming uh, all of your services that are in the Cloverdale. And so I was thinking, Lord, what a, what a people that you have. And that humbles you so much. And uh, I just pray the Lord to let us become more passionate than ever, have a more zeal than ever to give our whole self to what is the word of God has called us to do. So and then we went to, I met, met uh, Brother uh, Timon in Boston. And so we have a, a service uh, from Sunday to uh, Saturday to uh, Sunday uh, that was a marvelous, marvelous service that a brother Tim has preached. Uh, you know, when the people, uh, you know, were in a church, you saw brother Tim in one way, but on the mission field, you saw the brother Tim just uh, almost like a totally different uh, caliber person. But uh, the Lord has mightily used him to bring the word to the people and bring the report of what God has done in Uganda and uh, just share that with the people. Just to catch the, the people to catch the burden of it. When the people catch the burden of it and they want to go, they want to do behind of it and behind it. And so that's what we're thankful of. And uh, bring all the greetings back and brother David Combo and brother that in the Connecticut church, uh, uh, the, the pastor was not there, but all those brothers, uh, most of them are coming from a Congo, a Togo, uh, from an Africa place, and so they, uh, they, a lot of them streaming the services here. They want to greet all of you. And also Brother Elijah Gibbs, and so he especially want me greet uh, Brother Ed, and Brother Tom, and Brother John, and all those uh, congregations over here, and so he also feel a part of the congregations too. And also, Brother Matthew from Rhode Island, so this is young man that he's been um, uh, just burdened for the work that over there. He said that there's no church in the Rhode Island. And so uh, he'd been praying, and then they go there and start a church, and they had about a 20, 30 people. That is some coming from the Congo, some speaking Spanish, and they had a little church over there. And so we went there and ministered uh, to the peoples there, and the Lord gave us wonderful meetings too. And Brother David Combo, uh, what a precious uh, brother that he is. And um, Brother David Combo, he was, uh, he was a very unique personality. He was very, very slow. <laughs> but, but every word that he said is weighed a hundred times. <laughs> 
So he doesn't say much, but he, when he started saying things, and it was uh, really uh, carried a lot of a weight of it. And um, so after the service, at a one time, he was um, just at an end of the service, he come out of behind the pulpit in his uh, demeanor, just uh, quiet and slow. And um, after he translated it, he said, he said, you know, I feel sorry. He said, my heart is a burden. He said, it's the burden of the word that, that burdens me. He said, you see, he said, um, uh, while well, the men of God are sharing about what's happening around the world and they preach the word of God, he said, but you saw the people just across the street weren't coming over to listen to it. He said, I, you know, I almost started crying. He said, my heart is bleeding. He said, it's a tear. My heart is tearing. He said, they don't know what they miss. Amen. Then I was saying, I was saying downstairs, uh, down in the sea there, I said, people don't know the value of the word that what we have. But I'm so thankful there are a group of people who realize the value of the word of God. And if you don't mind, I'll just invite you to stand up and then we'll go to the scripture. Let's turn to um, uh, Proverb 31. Proverb 31. Just one verse, and then we uh, uh, go to uh, Gospel Matthew. Proverb 31, verse 10. And the Bible said, Proverb 31, verse 10, Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. And let's turn to Matthew 26. Matthew chapter 26 and verse 1. And it came to pass, when Jesus has finished all the saying, he said unto his disciples, Ye know that after two days is the feast of the Passover, and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. Then assemble together the chief priests and the scribes and the elders of the people unto the palace of the high priest, who was called Caiaphas, and consulted that they might take Jesus by subtlety and kill him. But they said, Not on the feast day, thus there being an uproar among the people. Now when Jesus was in Bethany, in the house of Simeon, the leper, there came upon him a woman having, a, having an alabaster box of a very precious ornament and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. But when these disciples saw it, they had an indignation, saying, To what purpose is this waste? For this ornament might have been sold for much and given to the poor. When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she has wrought a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. For in that she has poured his ornament on my body, she did it for my burial. 
Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman has done be told for a memorial of her. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priest and said unto them, What will you give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they, com- they uh, commented with him for thirty pieces of silver. May the Lord bless his words. Let's bow our head and just pray again. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we commit ourselves together with the words that we read to your hands. Lord, it's take you to change a person. That is us, Lord. It's take you to reveal the word. That is the word that we just read. But Lord, if we combine them two together, Lord, that will become a superpower, Lord. When a person can receive the word of God, to reveal the word of God, Lord, that word can transform a person's life. That word can meet the, the people's need. That word can, can make the person become a new person. That word can deliver people. Lord, we thank you. But that word has to dwell in the person who can receive it. Lord, we're so glad we are those person. We are those people that can receive the word of God. We're not rejecting the word of God, but receive it with all our heart. And not only just receive it, but Lord, we keep it. And as the most precious thing in our life. We thank you, Lord. We just ask you to take the rest of the service and speak to your children. Feed your own sheep. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. And I wonder, um, uh, just before I left uh, here, and I went to um, uh, New England States, I was speaking about the increasing the value of the message. And if Lord willing, I would like to speak, uh, I'll continue the thoughts, but uh, give it a different title and speak on the value of the bride. Because it's, uh, we have to recognize the value of the word, but he also has to recognize the value of the bride. And so we just um, uh, read uh, the scripture. And if you're um, uh, studying the scripture that we just read in the book of Matthew 26, you will find out that there are several categories of a people. Mm-hmm. And one category of a people, they want to kill him. Yeah. Uh, we see they will never... They don't even, uh, not even mention about the value of the word. They doesn't want this word. What they all wanted is to kill them. Because this one is causing many troubles. Is this one, to their standard, is tearing up their people. It's tearing up their churches. And they want to find a way to kill this word that will dwell in the flesh. And there's another group of people. And we'll say this, that's, um, they're the... Disciples of Jesus Christ. And they didn't, read, they didn't really recognize the real value of the Christ that be with them. Which is the anointed word in that hour. They're preaching. And they are going different places casting out devils. They do the healings. And they are sleeping with Jesus. They're fishing with Jesus. They do everything with Jesus. But those are disciples who are supposed to be the closest one to Jesus, but in that critical moment, they didn't recognize the value of Christ Jesus. In that moment, it's the Christ. He was turned from the Word to be an atonement. 
It was turned from the word, turned from the word in the flesh would become a sacrificial lamp for the people. Because the people, you have to realize that Brother Branham said that all blessing lays in that of atonement. Without that of atonement, nothing blessing going to come. And the whole purpose of Jesus Christ is to come on the earth is to be the sacrificial lamb to redeem for the people. His purpose is not for the earth come to the earth to preach the gospel. His purpose is to come on the earth not just heal the sick. His purpose is to come on the earth not just cast out the demons. His whole purpose is coming on the earth to born with the virgin born is to be kneeled on a cross to become a sacrificial lamb and to redeem all the lost the bride of Jesus Christ. And that's in that critical moment, as he's turning from the word and to be nailed on the cross, to be killed, to be buried, and to be resurrected to become a sacrificial lamb. In that moment, those disciples, they're still continuing on their building of the wall. They're still continuing on that we're going to have a church. You know, they're still continuing on that thinking we're still going to casting out devils. We're still going to do the healings. We're still going to do all these works uh, to feed the poor. That the money to be, uh, you know, to be changed and to feed some poor. That is the main thing. They didn't recognize the main thing in that hour is to anoint that word so that the word can be working for them. But they didn't recognize it. I know I preached it before, but I want to bring from another angle so that you can understand. And then beside that group, that's the closest to people to Jesus. There is another category, which is Judah. And this person, uh, he was the closest one to Jesus, we will say. And he followed Jesus and he was um, doing a lot of work for the, for the Lord and the, being the, the trustee and uh, uh, help with the different the works and uh, etc. But we see all he saw the value of Jesus is only 30 pieces of silver. You know, well, last time when Brother Ed was coming behind the pulpit, so well, at the end of the service, when he mentioned that, that scripture, and I went back and go to study it again, I was thinking, that's astounding. How the Lord, how in the, how the person that are right in the midst of it and missed the whole thing. And in the midst of the whole revival, in the midst of a, uh, what is the Lord, his um, the whole, whole, um, uh, his whole position or his whole purpose is going to be changed and become the, uh, the redemption plan is going to be uh, fulfilled in that critical moment. And this person only thinking about a 30 piece of silver. If we, turn to, if we put it into the today's version, while in this rapture and hour, while in this time when the, the body change is, is going to happen, you'll find out that still there's a lost category of the people that's amongst us, the life and sound. There are a certain group of the people, all they can see is try to kill the influence of the word in this hour. There's another group of the people, all they're thinking about is the going to church, the continue on, going to church, continue on. We're believing in a message. We're set up this, we're doing that. But they didn't recognize that this is the time for the body change. This is the time. It's not just that you're going to do, do the work. This is not the time that we'll live a life on this earth. This is the time. If there's any have a time for the body change, if there's any have a time for the rapture time, this is the time that we're living in. It's more closer than ever. And there is another group of people, they saw the value of the message. They saw the value of the word. But all of can they make the message to work is just a 30 piece of silver. Yeah. 
All the value that they can see in the message have, they can see that the Christ they can have, it just works about a certain piece of silver. Some people, they are sold that are all there. What, they, what the Lord gave them, the most precious thing that in this hour, just for their job. And sold it just for some certain relationship. And sold it all just for the family. Maybe just for the wife, just for the, for the husband, for the certain things that doesn't mean anything when a rapture would happen. And they sold it out just for that certain piece of silver. And by the end, that certain piece of silver, he gave it back and he hung himself. And all the things that I think he again for that certain piece of silver, and at the end of the time, it means nothing. It works of nothing. All the things that we're struggling to achieve, to get the money or the, the, the home or the house or, or the cars or the job or this and that, all kinds of things that you think you get it. Even when you get it, you will find out when the end comes, it works nothing. Have absolutely no value of it. But thankful that those disciples, though they didn't recognize the value, they didn't recognize the, what they need to be done, what need to be done that in that hour. But those disciples, they still go to the Pentecost. They still go to the Pentecost to get to the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit will come, then they realize what is the true value of the word that they have. And when they realize that the true value of the word that they have, then they gladly to give up their life. Then he gladly to give up everything that he owned and everything that he have. It takes the Holy Spirit to really open our eye to see the value of this word and give our whole life to it. But you see, in that critical moment, there's only one woman who recognized what needs to be done and how to do it. And if I can see, that woman was anointed. Because what is anointing, Brother Brandon said in 1956, why are people so tossed it about? He said, um, when Jesus, he said, one day he didn't enter into the temple and pick it up with a scroll and then he read and said, the spirit of a God is upon me. For he has anointed me to preach the acceptable year, to bind up the broken hearts, to heal the sick, to give sight to the blind. And now we would think if such anointing was on him, that had been prophesied 800 years before that it would come. And here he was with that type of anointing, the full blessing and anointing of the Lord upon him. We wouldn't want to run all over the building and scream and holler. But the Bible said he laid down the scroll and sat down, and precious word proceeded from his mouth. He was an anointed and the most anointed of the person. When he was anointed, what he did, the precious word coming from his mouth. I'm going to speak about you. When you are anointed, what needs to be done, if the Lord is willing. But he said that's what he done under the anointing. The anointing is not emotion. The anointing is a supreme power in control, like knowing exactly what and how, and that's what is here. What he said, he said that anointing is not emotion. The anointing is a supreme power in control. But when I said this, I don't want you to go to another extreme either. Some people, oh, I got a supreme power in control. That's why I don't raise up my hand. I got supreme power in control. That's why I don't say amen. 
That's not a supreme power, a supreme power in control. That's a supreme power handcuffed and you throw them in prison. Whatever the Lord did to you, whatever the Lord has made you, when you have that other power, if that power make you shout, you shout. If that power make you say it, amen, you say it, amen. If that power make you quiet and live a life and live a life and be quiet. Whatever that supreme power, not you try to control it, but he controls that supreme power in your life. And when that supreme power that is in control, it's not trying to depress it. It's not trying to compress it. It's that a supreme power that in you, you know exactly what to do and how to do it. And that's what is the supreme power when they come. And we will see this woman have the supreme power that in control, not in her control. She probably doesn't even understand why she was doing when she was going up there, she doesn't try to make herself a big shot. You know, I try to show myself and nobody else is doing it. Disciples even doesn't get a revelation. I got it. I'm better than you. She doesn't even know what to do. She has to facing all the people's jeering. She has to facing all the people's despising. She has to facing all the people's indignation. Facing the people's angry, facing the people, all the big shots, all those uh, ministers, evangelists, or whatever they are that has been doing all that. They said, why'd you waste the money? But that woman was feeling something driven in her to do. What is the doing? What is the driven her? That anointing was driven her. When that anointing was driven her, it was anointing around her, and she knew exactly what and how to do it without going through his, her mental filter. But there was something that had driven in this woman to do the things that are absolutely abnormal that afforded the people to a consideration. But you see, when the, the bride of Jesus Christ, when they, was a, when they were anointed, sometimes we don't know even why. That one of our family, one of the things that we're going through, the deep trials, the deep difficulty that happen in our life, but you can still smile. It's not that you're pretending to do it, but just something that's a problem in it. That the Lord, I know I still believe that word. No matter what things that are going through, no matter what things that happen to me, but Lord, there's an anchor, anchored in my heart. You're anointed and know exactly what and how. And sometimes you think of the situation, you didn't see one hope that is in there, but you're still faithfully attending the service, faithfully supporting with the work, faithfully coming to the church, say, say amen to the one when the word was preaching, and supporting with everything that was the vision of the Lord has to show to us. What is that? You are anointed. It's not just a run here and then a run there. It's not just that I feel the leadership of this. I feel led to do this. But it's that you know exactly how and what to do. Those are disciples. They don't understand that. They didn't see the true value of the word that in that hour. They don't, in another word, they're not anointed to know how and what. They're all they're thinking, they just go building a straight wall, just continue along. It seems like the ministry is going to be always on this earth to be established, but the ministry of God is changing. It's not going to be always the same. But those disciples, it doesn't realize that. But this woman, when she saw that, she knew exactly what and how to do. 
because the anointing is around her. And she saw not to the value of the anointment, but she saw the value that she was anointed with. In another word, she saw the value of him. When she saw the value of him, she can break up the precious alabaster box. No matter what the precious, no matter how costly that is, she can give all herself to what she feels that's necessary and need to be done in that hour. That's all she saw. She doesn't real. she despises all the rest of things. In another word, all the rest of things might be important, but not as important as this one. And it was to saw, to realize the value is to put the precious thing in the, to put the most important thing on the most important place. That's to saw the value. Now let me just share a little testimony here. And I was receiving a text uh, from a, a sister that was in China. And said, if you're, I don't know if you remember it or not, it was just a few months ago. And then the last, the last time when I was in China, it was a bit of Ron and Brother Tom. And we were ministered up in the north in one of the place. And uh, this sister, uh, she was working in a uh, uh, woman, uh, Beth House. And uh, in China, they have the best house that the people goes to. And she was doing the scrubbing uh, job for, for those, uh, in the woman's uh, uh, best house. Just trying to earn some money because uh, their whole family was owing a lot of debts. And uh, so she was uh, helping with the family, trying to uh, paying for the, for the debts. And then uh, she had, uh, one day, she uh, wrote, a, uh, wrote a text to me. She said, that, you know, I feel the, uh, I feel the burden uh, for the work that what you're doing. He said, she said, I want to uh, donate some money. And she's as poor as a poor can be. And owing a lot of debts, just doing the scrubbing, the dirty, filthy work, and just to try to get some, uh, get some money to uh, uh, pay for the tuition for, the, for his kids and uh, pay for the renting of the house. And I just couldn't take it. And I tried to reject it, but she was insistent. She said, I have to give it to you. She said, it's the Lord that put that in my heart. I want to give it as a, uh, this a few hundred dollars just for uh, the work, uh, for the Bible or whatever work that you were, you were doing. And I thought, while I received that, I was in my heart. I was praying. I said, Lord, I said, what should I do? And then, you know, the, what is the message has taught us? You can't reject it. Because that's the person who is worshiping the Lord. You cannot reject him, that person is worshiping. And so I take it, I put it into the work of the Lord. And then I prayed for this woman as well. I was asking the Lord to just fulfill what is the desire that in the, in the lady's heart. And then she went to the service. And then she, and during the service, she also, you know, her son always also come to the service too. And then in the beginning, her son doesn't want to go, but the Lord moved uh, in uh, his heart, and then the son uh, went. And um, when the son was uh, in the meeting, and uh, the Lord uh, just uh, mightily uh, touched him, and then uh, he gave his heart to the Lord, and then he uh, uh, went to the baptism. And then the, the, the sister, the mother was so happy and, uh, be, because uh, she saw her son was give uh, his heart uh, uh, to the Lord. I was just thinking a little things that this is a woman's doing. And just a few hundred dollars in her poor this is a, a situation. But she just want to do something for the Lord and not for something that is changing. Not try to use the money to buy the salvation of uh, uh, her, uh, her son. Not thinking to buy his soul. 
There was no valuable enough things that's going to buy this soul, but he just wanted to do something for the Lord. And by the little things that, that she was doing for the Lord, is it like the little hit it right? And that when she gave it $30 to the, uh, to the building of the new church of her brother Brandon and Tabernacle, Brother Brandon said, The Lord know what he's going to do to that sister Hetty Wright. And if I was doing that, by speaking the right word, he said, The uh, prophet, he said, The lesson, nothing but the truth. The Lord gave his two sons to the Hetty Wright. And the Lord do the same thing to this little lady. She's almost like illiterate. She, from the text, I can see she doesn't even know much of the, the Chinese word. She doesn't even know how to say things. But she got a heart of something driven in her. Something that's a burden in her. She wanted to do something for the word. In another word, she was like that woman that in the Bible we just read. When in that critical moment, she anointed that word. When she anointed that word, then that word become anointed, become atonement that she cannot do, but that atonement lays all the blessing. That atonement lays the salvation of her son. And then her son was saved. And I just got a text a few days ago. She said, praise the Lord. She said, you know what's the Lord doing? She said, Brother Murphy, she said, the last month, she said, my daughter, and she given her heart to the Lord. Just started from the small thing that a person can do. When they anointing, what is the word? They need to be anointed in that moment. And then the Lord has saved her two sons, two do- son and daughter. And then she said, then she gave me another that offering. When I look at that, I don't even, I don't even want to mention the number. I said, that is a lot. And then I said to the sister, I said, I just can't take it. I said, I just can't take it at this time. I said, I know your situation. I know your condition. And she said, you know what, Brother Murphy? She said, all what's happened. She said, just a few, day, few days ago, she said, the little person that, who owns our money, and uh, he gave us the money back to us. And she said, I want to give all of them to my Lord. He said that there's nothing more precious than the soul of my daughter, than the soul of my son. He said, I want to do something for the Lord. Then I was thinking about, Lord, which category I am in? That's gave me the title of this, the value of the bride. I was thinking, Lord... What is the value that you saw that this lady? What is the value that you saw about the bride of Jesus Christ? We're thinking about that we saw the value of the word, but I'm thinking, Lord, change my eye a little bit. What is the value of this as a bride that in your eye? The things by the things that are what she did. People despise her. She doesn't have no statue that amongst the people. And her husband is not a believer. And all kinds of trials and difficulties, all kinds of things was piled up on this little lady. But then she wanted to give it up. Finally, she got some money. They paid her, they paid uh, the, the debts that they, owe, they owed her. And she wanted to give it all to the work of the Lord. I'll see. Please don't understand. Please understand me. I'm not talking about you need to give offering and donation. Is that clear? Yeah. I'm just trying to make it a point to you. It's the time to anoint the word of God. 
It's the time that in the critical moment, everything what we need to do, pour your life, break that alabaster box. When it's broken, there's no way to return. When it is broken, everything must be poured out. When it is broken, you absolutely, you cannot go back anymore. And then this, this woman, then she gave it all herself, the most precious thing, that to her, it's not the value of the ornament, but it's the value of him. It's the value of Christ. That's the most valuable thing that she saw. When she saw that, she poured the whole thing on Jesus Christ. That's what this lady do. It's not to the... You know, we all know we have a work. We all know we have a job to do. We have a life to live. We need that. We need to save money. We need to pay the tuition. We need to go to school. A lot of things that are on this earth, we all have to do. And it's all necessary. It's not just we just don't do anything and just waiting for the rapture. Those things are important. But while the, the, but while the rapture is coming close, there is a more important things that need to be done. You have to put the, the most important things to the most important position. That is the call that you realize what's the value. But Brother Bram said in Christ's mystery of a God review, he said, what do, why do you hunger, church? We're probably all familiar with this. Why do you thirst? It's the Father trying to reveal this hidden secret to you. But you let so many things get it out of you. It doesn't, it's not means that you don't believe Christ anymore. It doesn't mean that you rejected a message from now on. But you put it at the wrong value. You put it at the wrong position. He said, you let your job, you let your wife, you let your husband, you let your children... And that a care of the world. You let some pastor, you let somebody else get that out of you. When you know that way down in your heart, you are thirsting and hungry. Who he was talking about? It's the bride of Jesus Christ. What is the secret? Christ in you, the hope of a glory. He become a personal God to you. He becoming a preeminence in your life, in the first place, that in your life, in my life. It's God trying to reveal it to you. See the revelation. He said the last day is here. He wanted to become the head of this body called a bride. He wanted to become the head of you, that in everything that you're doing and in your life, you find out in the last age, in this time especially, the most difficult things is to put the important thing to the important place. Because the devil is trying to take away all your time, try to take away all your energy. He's trying to take away, he can and he use the legitimate things to substitute the most important things that are in your life. And it's all the things that we're doing, it's not sinful. I don't believe in anybody here that has called ourselves a believer and live a life for Jesus Christ where what we want to do the sinful things. No. To most of the people here, I think that we, we are holy people. We do believe in the message of this hour. We do believe in the word of God is the truth. But the problem things about the subtlety of Satan is he's, uh, he's missed or confused or messed up the value that what we had. But you see, when Jesus Christ 
when before he said, uh, when before he was a centurion of the cross, he never messed up the value that he saw. The all purpose for Christ to look to Saul to come to this earth is to be a sacrifice for you and me. And he clearly recognized what is the value of the bride of Jesus Christ. That's why he gave him a whole self to it. All the denomination cannot make him compromise. All of the people try to invite him to come on over here. Try to invite him to come over there and to preach. And he had a good status when he was healing, when he was doing the deliverance, when he feed the people with the bread and with the fish. He had a good status with the people, but the Bible said he doesn't commit himself to those people. Because he focused on one thing. I'm coming on this earth for one purpose. Bride of Jesus Christ, we are receiving the message to come to this hour only for one purpose. Cloverdale Bible Way, we're coming to this church. We're coming to this moment only for one purpose. Rapture, that is the only purpose that we are here for. And when Jesus, when he was on that, that he recognized that his purpose on this earth, what he need to do. And all he was doing, because he recognized the value of the bride of Jesus Christ. He's coming for his own children. He's coming to redeem them. He's coming to die for them so that they can live a life of Jesus Christ. They cannot live a life by themselves, but by dying for them, he gave his own life to them so that they can live a life of Christ. You see, when he, Jesus, when he recognized the value, he knows exactly how much value the bride is worth. He coming to this earth, he knows there's nothing can redeem her. Preaching cannot preach her back. And the beatitude that he was preaching cannot preach her back. And just healing cannot make her back. Just casting out the demons cannot make her back. Only his death can bring her back. Only when he become an atonement, making a sacrifice, can bring her back. That's why he was a born in the virgin birth. That's why he was a preaching. He was a going here and a going there. But his final purpose is to die for his bride. He knows exactly the value of the bride. No preaching is more valuable than his blood. There are no other things that will be more valuable than his blood. The church is not so valuable than the blood of Jesus. Because he knows there's only one thing can bring the bride of Jesus Christ back. It's the blood can bring her back. The bride is lost. He can't preach her back. He can't educate her back. He can't by discipline, by government, to bring her back. He can't use the animal to join the church to bring them back. Even the animal born in the church doesn't bring her back. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can bring her back. I wonder if we recognize the value of the bride, which you are a member of it. What proof that the value of the bride is by the things that the Lord had given to us and the proof that the value of the bride of Jesus Christ. And you're thinking about uh, that's the Lord. Uh, we know all Roberts and Tommy Osmond, all those um, 
uh, the Pentecostal, the what do you uh, have the movement in the Pentecostal realm, and also the Billy Graham, and the Lord Robert was um, uh, the two angels that God has sent. But He doesn't send them to you because your value is way more valuable than just the two angels. Even the two angels combine them together, they cannot equivalent to the value of the bride of Jesus Christ. He doesn't send all robbers to you, though he got a mighty ministry, though he also got a mighty healing. He doesn't send the Billy Graham, though he was a fine, fine speaker, and that can make the people cry, can preach the repentance like nobody else can preach. But that's not the value of the bride of Jesus Christ. He's sending them to those denominations of the world. To the maximum, it was the people who are the foolish believer. But he didn't send them to us because you are way more valuable than just the two messenger. You are way more valuable than just the Pentecostal. You are way more valuable than just the Billy Graham to preach the nice gospel preaching. You are way more valuable. Only the bleeding bloody word can bring the bride of Jesus Christ back. That's why he didn't send the two messenger to you. He sent the two messenger to them. But he did send the messenger to us. And only this messenger has an equivalent to the value for the bride of Jesus Christ. This, this bride is way more valuable. That's why God sent this prophet. This bride is way more valuable. That's why he turned his back to the tent and the discern the name of them. What is the situation they're in? This bride is way more valuable. That's why he sent this messenger. Then he told up their name. Tell them what sickness that they are. All he give it to you shows your value of it. Do you understand this? The discernment shows that's your value. When it turns its back to the tent, that shows your value. It's not only just to give us a big ministry. All he give it to us shows how valuable that you are. How God is training him. How God is molding him. Because you are way more valuable. Why he has to that the dead to rise up? It's not just to increase my faith, increase my faith. It has to be equivalent to value to show how valuable you are. It has to take that to match up with the value of the bride of Jesus Christ. It has to take the person to die in the congregation and to the prophets who's going down so that Mr. Way get up to life again. That is your value because your value worse the resurrected life. To those people, those things is a paradox. They cannot believe that. But to the bride, this is the shows what our value is at. And all of that is not because of the prophet was living, because the prophet left, then the whole thing was left. And all the things that the prophet has did. But God is just to change another form and continually to work into the bride. And from now, from since the prophets have left the scene. And it's not a decreasing, but it was increasing. It's not only just in the one man's ministry, but this ministry spread to the going to the whole bride of Jesus Christ. 
is not just in the one place, but it's in all the different places, in a different corner of the world. It's in China, it's in Uganda, it's in India, it's in everywhere. It's not just the one man's ministry, but it's the body ministry. It's not that the value was decreasing, but the value actually was increasing. He was doing the greater things. He was doing the more things than in the pride of Jesus Christ. That shows the value of the bride. And to the Lord, and not only just used the prophet, and when the prophets is left, and the Lord said that the value of the bride is not to be decreasing, but it has to be increased. That's why he sent her to the pastor. He sent her to the evangelist. He sent her to the teacher. He sent her to the apostle. He sent her to the prophet. To what? To you. To me. For what? Because that shows the value of the bride of Jesus Christ. What he sent to you shows the value, how valuable that you are. I have to mention to the pastor again. When God sent him from the Toronto, come to this place, it's not just for his goodness, it's for your goodness. It shows the value of the Cornell Bible way. It shows the value of the individual that you're sitting over here. The quality of the ministry that what we have in this church, it shows the value of the pride of Jesus Christ in this local church. It's not just a tantaling in our ears. It's not just to give us some more a pleasant preaching. It's not just something more higher and the revelation that give it to us. But what is the Lord is doing is to show the value that of you. And all he was doing, and he will come down even personally and the living in you. That shows how valuable that you are. He's not just sending men doing it, but he himself is coming down to living in you. Of course, we know that increase your faith, that that is a living life, but it also shows how valuable that he saw in you. You worth him. That's why he died for you. Because your value can only will be equivalent by the death of Jesus Christ. Your value can only be equivalent by him to living in you. Amen. He's not living in anybody else, but he's living in you. Why? Because that's the value that you are. But you find out of some people that they live in this word. And that the word is... Uh, so the Lord saw the value of the bride, and you literally having the God that is living in you, that He is an unlimited resource. And the Brother John was speaking about that you can tap it into. And you know, when you are needing something, you need to find the right resource to tap into the right resource. Then you can get what you need. But for the people who doesn't realize the resource, they're living like a beggar, though they have a billions of billions of dollars in their account. They live like a beggar, though they have a greater resource that is on your hands, on your disposal, that you can use. But they never go for that, but they go for something else. 
They go for this counseling. They go for that man's idea. No man's idea can be more valuable than the resources that God gave it to you in His revealed word. If you need a healing, then ask the right source. And if you need a deliverance, ask the right source. No matter what is needed, you need to overcome the sin, overcome an unbelief. This is all you deserve to have. And if you tap into the right resource, and then you can get to what you ask for. In Psalm 49, 6, it said that they that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother nor give to God a ransom for him. For the redemption of their soul is precious, and it ceases forever. What is the meaning in the Amplified? It said, for the ransom of the life is too costly. And the price one, and the price that one can pay can never suffice. No man can pay that price for the bride of Jesus Christ. Only the bridegroom his own life can match up to the value of the bride. That's why God sent this prophet in this last age. And as the Malachi 4 was saying, to restore the face, the hearts of the children back to the Father. No other minister, no other preachers can meet to the value that are required in the bride of Jesus Christ. But God sent this prophet, sent this messenger to us, and only him possessed the, the, the bleeding, bloody word. Brother Bramah said in an invisible union of the bride of Christ, and he said, what is sin? Sin is unbelief. Unbelief in the word, unbelief in God, which is the word. Pure and adulterated, oh hallelujah, living soon for the skies, amen. Standing ready, think, your garments washed by the water of the bleeding word. The word become a blood. The word bled for you, and you are washed in bleeding word. We're not washed by just the education of the word, but we're washed by the bleeding word. He said the word bleeding, the life of God in the word. The life of God in this word that we heard. And the word was a blood for you. That you might be washed from the filth of this prostitutes. And be cleaned. Be cleaned and sanctified by the washing of the water of the word. And makes your mind and heart stay on God and on his word. He said, now how you know it is true. He said, when God comes down and vindicates it and prove it. How do you know this is the bleeding word when God coming down to vindicate it is to be the truth? That's why what we receive is not just a merely word. It's not just a merely education. But we receive the bleeding bloody word, which is the life of Jesus Christ himself. Then he said in the same message, he said it's a perfect place calling you to that perfection. And you have to be perfect to get there. Bride is perfect. Bridegroom is perfect. That is your value. It's not just ask you, you have to do this, you have to do that. That is your value. Your value is nothing but perfect. Nothing lesser than perfect will be the answer. 
You have to forgive me. I don't know how to say that in English. But you understand what I mean? Perfect is your value. It's not just almost perfect, but absolutely perfect. That's your value. There's a no 99% and there's a no 99, 99.99%, but it's 100% perfection. That is your value. And it doesn't take any education to do that, but it takes the perfect bridegroom to doing that. He said that the Bible says so. Jesus said, be therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. It's a perfect kingdom, so it must be perfect. The people come because you have to stand and be married to the perfect son of God. And you must be a perfect bride. A bride. So how can you do it through anything else but a perfect word of God, which is the waters of a separation that washes up, washes up from our sins. He said, amen, that's right. The blood of Jesus Christ, think of it, the dripping bloody word, amen, the blood, the word of a God, bleeding blood to wash the bride in, amen. amen. What we received is not just word. What we received is the bloody word, which is the life of Jesus Christ. And then in the book of Ruth, Brother Tim was uh, speaking about this morning. And I was uh, have that in my notes, uh, but also in the chapter four, and in the verse four, it talk about the redeeming of the Ruth. He said, "I thought of a, and then uh, you know the whole story. I don't have the time to uh, really go into that. And when the Boaz was uh, coming forth to um, uh, come to redeem uh, uh, Ruth, then there is another one that is more kinsman, more closer." Uh, then the Boaz, and then the Boaz uh, said to the elders, uh, uh, said to this man, and the, before the elders, he said, and I thought to advertise, they saying, buy it before the inhabitants and before the elders of my people, if thou will redeem it, redeem it. But if thou will not redeem it, then tell me that I may know, for there is none to redeem it beside thee, and I am after thee. And he said, I will redeem it. And then said Boaz, what day thou buyest the field of the hand of Naomi, thou must abide also of Ruth the Moabite, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. But Abraham is talking about uh, the man that was uh, more closer than Boaz. He said he is the devil in the kingsman redeemer. Then he said, uh, the next one in the parable that had option on you was the devil. Because you had sinned. And first, you belong to him. Because you are his property. For you were born in sin and shipped in iniquity. Come to the world speaking lies. He got a more closer relationship than what is the Boaz to have it with you. That's why he said, then the Boaz said to him, he said, if you want to redeem it, that you can redeem it. And this man said, I will redeem it. If we say that it's in the Bible's term, he, if he redeem it, then the Ruth will, will not become a wife of a Boaz. And everything that was in that redemption was lost. But when the Boaz said, if you 
If you redeem the land, if you redeem the Naomi's, what is the loss of inheritance, you must buy the Moabites. In another word, you must buy this Gentile bride. Then you can redeem it. In another word, if it's just in the blood of a bulls and goats, then he can do it. Because that's all. it doesn't require the man's blood for, to redeem the bride. But for in order to redeem the Gentile bride, the booze of the lambs or the blood of the lambs and the booze were not going to do it. It has to take the blood of the bridegroom to doing that. No matter what the devil, no matter what the devil tried to put to the, say that, you know, I, I uh, by the, uh, the blood of the booze, the blood of the ghost, that he might be able to redeem it. He might be able to get it because if it's under the law, that he can do it. But if the, for the bride of Jesus Christ, for the Gentile bride, it has to take the blood of Jesus Christ himself that only can redeem her. If it's just for the regular church, we'll say that education maybe can educate them to become a good citizen. If it's just for the uh, denomination, though, the church, maybe it's just going to the church can satisfy. Maybe it's just doing all of those things can be a good stuff. Maybe make them become a church, uh, a good church member. But for the bride of Jesus Christ, what we need is far more than just the denominational members. What we need has to be the blood of Jesus Christ, and only that blood can satisfy us, can redeem us. And then this man said, then I cannot redeem it. Brother Bram said he could not redeem it. He could not redeem it. So Christ come and was made man to take away our sin, to redeem us. He said, do you see it? And the other man couldn't do it. The devil couldn't die for sins because he was the very perverter that made sin. And then the kingsman said, in the Ruth, book of Ruth, chapter 4, verse 6, he said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar my own inheritance, and that redeem your, my rights to thyself, for I cannot redeem it. But Abraham said, he's a devil, he's a perverter, even they die, he said, see, he couldn't do it. He'd marred his inheritance, the other fellow. And Satan could have marred his because he is a devil. He could not become another devil to take away the devil, the first devil. He could not become sin because he already was sin. But Christ being sinless, become a sinner, he could redeem us. He said, hallelujah, we are redeemed. We're redeemed means to be brought back that we are redeemed. The devil cannot do it. No thing, nothing in this world that comes from the devil will redeem, will have the equivalent of, of the value for the bride of Jesus Christ. But only the blood of Jesus Christ can have the equivalent of value that match up with the value of the bride. Amen. And the Bible said, uh, said this man said, I cannot redeem it unless I marred my inheritance. Do you know that the devil hates you? Do you know the devil that don't like you? Even he want to, even he receive you. Do you know that you always ruin his party? 
Do you know that every time when you come into his territory, you mar his inheritance? You know why? Because you always call somebody to believe what you believe. That's why he hates you. That's why he don't like you. That's why he don't even want to bother you. He doesn't even want to have nothing to do with you. He don't even want you to go to his territory. Because every time you go to the work, you call somebody to come to the church. Every time you're in a public school, you walk on the hallway, somebody go to you and say, what you, what you believe? Where'd you go to church? Devil don't even want you because they're afraid you're going to mar his inheritance. But God wants you. And they know that only his blood can have the equivalent value to the value of you. Think about what value that we hold that are in us. It's not this flesh, it's not this mind, but a gene, the seed gene of God that lays in you. That's what he saw the value that is in you. If he saw the value that's in you, how about us? Well, we saw the value that is in us. We say we saw the value of the word. We saw that the word can deliver us. The word can save us. The word is the only resource that we can tap, to, tap it into. But how would you prove that you saw the value of the word? The only way that you saw the value of the word is to go to receive the word. In the book of Revelation, chapter 10, and verse 8, And the voice which I heard from heaven speak unto me again, said, Go and take the little book, which is open in the hand of the angel, which standeth upon the sea and that upon the earth. It's the voice that he heard in heaven ask him, said, You go to take the book. That from the hand that stand there on the sea and that are upon the earth. It's not the taking the book from the prophet's hand. It's not that even to the end from the angel's hand. But you have to gather from the hand of Jesus Christ. This message is not just coming from any man. But this word is coming from Jesus Christ himself. And then, brother, then the John in the... In this chapter, verse 9, said, I went unto the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it and eat it up, and he shall make the belly bitter, but he shall be in thy mouth sweet as a honey. He said, I recognize the value of the word. But the only way you recognize the value is not only just saying, Oh, I believe it, I believe it. But to recognize the value is to go to take the word, to believe the word, to receive the word, to eat this word. That the word is taking full effect that is in your life. That the word to deliver its own life out. That the word is start to conquer. That the word is start to overcome. That the word is to overcome all unbelief. That the word is started working in your life, started rippling through to other people. That is you saw the value of the word. And then you realize, you have to realize 
If you just said, oh, I'm not worth it, I'm not worth it to take it. The Word will never take any fact on me. The Word will never, I will never leave the Word out. You will never leave the Word out. But a Word, if you receive it, will let you leave it in life because He lives through by Himself. By receiving the Word, by letting the Lord reveal His Word to us, He let us understand the value that the lace in us. When we understand it, you realize what the value that the Lord has sold about you. Then you look at yourself differently. Not because you're pride, or real proud, but you know, you understand. If the Lord has sold so much of me, if He gave so much to me, I must have worth something. You remember the brother Bramah talking about the little beggar, the old beggar was a crushed that on the street and by the car accident. And then he take him to the hospital. Then the doctor looked at him, said, well, I might just sold him up, let him die. Because he doesn't worth anything, he's a bomb. But this man, his old beggar, he rises up, he said, I worth something. He said, I worth the blood of Jesus Christ, he died for me. I on the street, I shared the gospel, I preached the word to the people. I worth something. You better do something to me. We might be the beggar in the people's eyes. You might be in the world that the people think you are weird, you are strange, you are audible. But in God, he died for me. He died for you. And it set you down over here that a man from thousands of miles ago and gave away all his wells, his things, and come to be a pastor over here to preach the gospel to us. That means we were something. And it said that the ministry over here preached the quality word to you. That means you were something. And you young people, he let you born in the message. He let you born in a message in your parents who believed the message. You're not a born on the street. You're not a born on the drug dealers. You're not a drug. You're not a born on a drug dope at home. You are born in the holy home. That means that you are worth something. Don't let the devil tell you you doesn't worth nothing. Just go to the world, world and let him trash you. He doesn't want you. He just want to trash you. But God wants you. He said, you worth something. I put you in here. The temptation didn't tempt you away. The devil used to draw you all kinds of things, try to pull you out of this, but you didn't want out that. Who kept you? God himself kept you. He was saying, you worth something. I want you to hear the word because you are valuable to me. How in the world do you want to commit suicide? How in the world you want that depression spirit be on you? You're worth more than devil can give it to you. He died for you so you don't have to die. He died for you because you're a value to him. He died for you so that you don't have to take education as your God. You don't have to take your God, take the world as your God. You don't have to take the drug. You don't have to take anything that the devil can offer to you. He has no redemption in him. He cannot redeem it. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can redeem it. 
the bleeding bloody word that is the one that redeems you it's not your emotion it's not your own feeling nothing else is more valuable than the bleeding bloody word he saw your value and when we saw the value of herself how he died for me how he gave the word to me how he gave this message to me it's not only that we believe in a message but have you ever considered what a value this message is what things that a prophet has went through and what is the message even just one discernment you never even find in a whole denomination the world it's not just a guess, but one after another, one after another, thousands, tens of thousands of them. You know why? It's not only just try to increase your faith, but God said, that is your worth. Your worth, all those discernment, not one can be shortened. Your worth, all the 1,200 messages, not one can be shortened. You're worth all the prayer line that it was a discerning of the people's thoughts. You're worth all of that. Can you add them all together? Then you have a little glimpse of how worthy, how valuable the bride of Jesus Christ is. And then when you saw your value, you start to realize how valuable the one that beside you. Then start you looking things differently. Then you will have the burden of the word. And the Bible said, I went unto an angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it and eat it up. And it shall be make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth as sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and eat it up. And it was in my mouth as sweet as the honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. But a word is not finished. In verse 11, it said, I said unto me, thou must have prophesied again. Before many people and nations and tongues and kings. First, we recognize the value of the word, which is the Christ. Then, by the word, we recognize the value of you and me. And then the third, that you can prophesy. You can say, then he said unto me, you must have prophesied again. To many nations, people, tongue, and kings. It's when we saw the value of the word. And then when we saw the value of what is the Lord has thinking about you, then we start to realize how valuable those precious soul in Uganda then we saw the value of the precious souls in India, in China, in Congo, or whatever the country that they were in. It's because we saw the value of the word. We also saw the value of the bride of Jesus Christ. Then that's why we translated what we translate. That's why we recorded a voice as we have been recorded. That's why we've been supported in the different works than in all the mission field. Why? Because we saw the value of the word. 
we also saw the value of the bride of Jesus Christ. Let a musician come. That's why no matter what things has happened, no matter how difficult that is, when a person saw the true value of the word and saw the true value of the bride, nothing else was really mean anything to them anymore. No matter is his work, no matter is his job, no matter is the money, all those things, they start to realize because you had a comparison. You know what things is, is more valuable. The reason that the people, they didn't, they're struggling, they're doing this and that, so uh, distracted or, be, or by the different things that has been consumed to them, is they never saw the value of the word. And they never saw the value of the bride. Or I should say, they never saw the value for you to be the bride. If the person really saw that, I'm sure they wouldn't do the things that they were doing. But I trust the Lord that that's uh, you to see the value of the word. And also let you see the value of to be a part of the bride. Let us stand. Can, can we sing the I shall forever lift my eyes to Calvary?
amazing grace that God has shown to us. Think about it. Who are we? You know, we're just, uh, as Brother Branham said, it's 84 cents of a dust. And no matter what country you're coming from, and no matter how tall you are or how short you are, when we burn to the ashes, we're only worth so little. But there is a soul that's in each one of you that worth hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of a world. That is the value that he showed to me. That's the value that he said to you. And that's why he died for you and died for me. And he sent a message of this hour to us. We're thinking about what a ministry that what we have. Have you ever thought of it about that God sent this prophet? What to the mighty, mighty ministry? And it is almost similar just like to Jesus Christ. Never in any age have the message that what we have in this message. It's not just the preaching of it, but the vindication, the proof of it. What it shows, it shows how worthy you are. How much value that he saw you. That he have to put this, put that, and just powder up one after another, after another. Then he said, that is the value that in my bride. That is the value. That is the CG of God. I lay it in you. How much time are we thinking about that CG of God? How much energy we put to give it to that CG of God? What to the place that we give it to that CG of God? What we feed that CG of God? What type of things, what type of things that we heard, what type of things that we read to feed the things that the CG of God? Your mind may need a lot of things. But do you understand that the teaching of a God needed way more? And the only thing that he was needing is the word in this hour. Yes. Pray to the Lord. Let the Lord reveal that to us. I pray to the Lord. The Lord, let it reveal to me. To saw the real value of the bride of Jesus Christ. That will give me the passion. That will give me the zeal. That will give me the things that in the next few days I'm going to China again. I'm coveted to your prayer. But I just pray the Lord, bring many souls into the kingdom of a God. Let the word of a God be spread to even more country, to more nation, to more place, to more people. Do you have the loved one in your, in your mind and in your heart? Then I pray that the Lord, Lord, you saw the value of me. Lord, I'm sure you saw the value that in my loved ones. Oh, God, do something for my loved ones. No matter it's the children, no matter it's the, your relative, it's your, whatever that God put into the burden that in your heart, if the Lord saw the value in you, the Lord saw the value in the one that you loved so much. Let the Lord do a revival in each one of our heart. It doesn't have to be an emotion. It doesn't have to be an out appearance that we saw. But something just let the Lord stir it out in our heart. Lord, bring the new revelation, fresh experience that in my life to walk with you. Can we sing that, sing that song that again? I shall forever just the course before we dismiss. Oh, I shall
mine too. Just pray to her and so that we dismiss the little people. Ask the Lord a blessing to be with the people for the rest of the week. Let's bow our heads. Father, we truly want to thank you, Lord, yes. for coming, Father, Amen. coming by our way, Lord. Yes, your visitation we always look forward to. As we leave this place now, Father, truly would maybe be a living word unto those around us. Be written epistles, Father, read and known of all men. Just want to thank you again, Father, for this day. Look forward to the meetings coming up next Friday and next Sunday, Lord. May you prepare us, Father, to receive your word, Lord. And may your word be a light unto our pathway. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. And uh, let's uh, shake hands before we go and say the best thing you can say. And also remember, Wednesday we don't have a service. The service will be on a Friday. And pray for our brother Ibali. And I'm sure we'll have a wonderful word coming from our brother and to share the reports of what God did in uh, Uganda. May the Lord bless you. Shake hands with each other. You dismissed.